Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Welcome into another edition of College Golf Talk. Burko and Brentley with you. We are near the end of October, and what a show we have on tap. Just moments from now, the top-ranked women's amateur golfer in the entire world, Rose Zhang, the sensational freshman from Stanford, will be alongside. We'll, we'll recap the East Lake Cup, get some thoughts on some of the new amateur status and uh, the rules moving forward in 2022. Before we get to Rose Brentley, Good to see you. Glad you made it back from Atlanta. And uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, Burko. Uh, it was a, a nice, quick, uh, quick drive up and a little bit of a longer drive back. But we made it home and saw some incredible golf. And it was good to spend time with you and see some of the, you know, the best players and coaches in the country. And overall, I mean, I say this every year, East Lakes. You know, it's it's one of the best events, and I'm not just biased now because it's on our air, but um, but yeah, just they they really do it right. They certainly do. Year seven in the books. We'll recap that momentarily. College golf talk brought to you by our good friends at Velocity Global. They seamlessly connect employees and employers and talent anyone, anywhere, anytime, anyhow. Its global work platform is built on cloud-based technology, compliance expertise, and unmatched scale. In 185 countries in all 50 states here in the U.S., the world of work, we know it. It is forever changed. Talent can live anywhere, work for anyone, and get the job done. More than 1,000 businesses engage top talent in another state or another country without the need to set up a foreign entity or registration and rely on Velocity Global to make it simple and compliant. Velocity Global, they accelerate the future of work. To learn more, visit Velocity Global dot com slash golf we are thrilled to have them on board and we are thrilled to have rose zang join us as well on this edition of college golf talk all the top ranked amateur in the entire world has done is head to university uh, head to stanford university rather playing three college events win all three and is making it look relatively easy first and foremost rose thanks for joining us always appreciate you taking some time out of your very busy schedule Thank you for having me. All right. I just set you up. Three for three. You're making it look easy. How would you describe your start to your college career at Stanford? I would say it's surreal. I mean, coming into college, I really didn't know what to expect. Uh, It's definitely a new adjustment period. And coming out of high school, you're definitely going to have 
those um, difficulties of seeing who you meet, um, seeing what your classes are, how you manage your time. Uh, and I didn't really know um, how everything was going to go in terms of my golf game or my academics. Uh, and coming in, I was just super um, excited, super nervous. Uh, and later on, I was able to meet up with my teammates, get to know people in my dorm, and the adjustment period has just been really good. So I've really excelled in um, just adjusting here. Now, Rose, uh, you have three wins already in your college career. Do you know how many Tiger Woods had as a freshman by chance? I actually don't. <laughs> well, he, he had three. He had three, oh. so you're tied with him as a freshman. So one more, and you can break Tiger's. I don't know if it's a freshman record, but uh, obviously he won 11 times in his career. But I thought it was interesting, after your guys' last event, your home event, your coach, head coach, uh, Ann Walker, talked about how people have come up to her and, and said the vibe is very similar to it was back in 1994 when Tiger arrived on campus. Have you heard any of that? And have you had anyone come up to you and compare you to Tiger? Well, yes. After this last event, I was able to, um, my name was mentioned a lot with the Tiger Woods. And I mean, that's an honor in itself. Um, he is arguably one of the best player in the game of golf. Um, and certainly being able to be on the same uh, page or the same place as his name uh, is something that I take pride in. <laughs> um, but I haven't really thought about his uh, records, um, but hearing it and knowing that people are acknowledging um, the three wins that I had is something that I'm super um, grateful for. And it's just something really cool. Have you met Tiger yet? I met Tiger once, and that was at uh, the 2018 Junior Ryder Cup. He was having a practice round. Um, I think he was putting, practicing putting on the putting green, and um, we were representing the U.S., uh, so everyone got to meet him and take pictures uh, and whatnot. So I briefly met him there. <laughs> do you Rose, think he knew you... who you were? <laughs> Sorry? I said uh... – do you think he knew who you were? I don't think so. We just, I just <laughs> verbally committed to. Um, so it was like, oh, I am this uh, high schooler who just, you know, committed to Stanford. But I'm pretty sure he doesn't know who I am. Well, he probably knows who you are now. But how do you deal with it when you hear that conversation or your name mentioned with his name? Obviously, at Stanford, the ties for both of you there. How do you go about your business without looking too far ahead because you have told me on multiple occasions your family your friends try to bring you down knock you down in a good way in a positive way to not let your head get too big so now that you're out on your own if you will at college how do you make sure you sort of uh, stay the course and stay focused yeah i feel like my core values have certainly translated over to my college life and my college mindset um, I've been influenced by my parents and 
the people around me. So I don't really have this high um, expectation of going too far forward with, you know, expecting a lot out of myself. I expect a lot of um, just proper preparation for whatever is to come, uh, whether it's good or bad. And that's just the mindset that I had and have and um, that's always ingrained in my mind so uh, I think I'm going about it on some pretty good um, on a pretty good trajectory and I'm not really um, getting too far ahead of myself Um, so I feel like that allows me to just stay in the moment and um, constantly progress and see what I need to improve on as a whole. Now Rose have you ever played a, you know, what some would consider a, a bad round of golf? Because it seems like every time we see you play, you're winning tournaments or you're contending. Is there one round, maybe, if you think back on your career, that you wish you could have like a mulligan on? Like if you had to restart it and do it all over again? Yes, I actually do. And um, it was this year uh, at, <laughs> at Olympic Club. Uh, during the U.S. Women's Am, uh, Women's Open, and I was, um, it was the second round, and I absolutely put on a very interesting performance on that golf course. I think I had around five or six three putts, which was not ideal for the course um, that I played, and I think it was the first time I shot eighty in about three three years or four years so um it was definitely a moment where I was like okay we need to figure this out and then slowly try to get back to where um I want to be I think Burko and I have gone three or four years without shooting 80 but that's because we're usually above that but whoa whoa speak for yourself speak for yourself last time i played 18 holes rose this summer i shot 78 and i was proud of myself yeah we're we're much better (laughs) we're we're much better than that but uh what's your favorite golf course that you've played i mean you've played a olympic club you've played Mm -hmm. some pretty great courses is there one course that that sticks out Mm, i would say I would have to say Augusta National. As a, as cliche as it is, um, the course itself is absolutely amazing. And just the prestige uh, and the entire setup of the event um, that we played, it's just, it's very unforgettable. And I think that being able to say that I have played Augusta National uh, in a tournament as well um, is something to be very um, thankful for and something I can gloat about a little bit. <laughs> What's on the bucket list? What what course are you looking to get out on that you haven't played yet? I'm really looking forward to trying to play Pebble Beach. Uh, I am from California, Southern California, but um, I've never really had the opportunity to um, you know, see Pebble Beach or go there. Um, so I really want to, um, really want to go try and play. It's about a 90 minute drive from campus. So I think you can make that happen. <laughs> Head down to Monterey and, uh, 
see one of the most uh, picturesque courses in the entire world. As your fall season is done, you're going to miss the final tournament for the team. You'll be at the Spirit in Houston next week. What has been the biggest surprise for you that maybe you didn't expect at all joining college golf and arguably the number one team in the country? Yes, I think um, for me, entering this team has been absolutely incredible. Um, I have heard a lot of stories where maybe a team wouldn't really have the best um, chemistry and maybe there would be a little bit of drama here and there. But every single person on this team is such a great person, Uh, not only a golf player, but they're driven and we all have similar core values. So everyone's just motivated to push each other and we all support each other a lot. And so far we have absolutely no drama. <laughs> and That's important. Um, yes, and a lot of people, they think we do, but we actually don't. And um, I think that's something that we take pride in. We take pride in being very committed to um coming together as a team and really bonding over um, these moments in college. So um, just being able to be with everyone um, has been a great experience in itself. How much do you, uh, Brentley, go ahead. All you, Berka. How much, Rose, you guys are undefeated, three for three. How much do you guys talk about going undefeated and winning every time out? I feel like our mindset is after we win an event, uh, we are very happy about it. Uh, We celebrate it. We enjoy the moments of winning. And after we come back, um, we would just uh, learn to love uh, what we did, uh, learn to understand and acknowledge what we accomplished. And then after that, Uh, we would continue to go about our business. Um, There's a long season ahead of us. Uh, We have NCAAs, we have postseason, and this is more of a marathon than a race that um, Coach Walker always talks about. So we try to keep our heads very level and uh, we go about our business after that. So we haven't really talked about going undefeated. Um, We just... After it happens, we say, oh, we were undefeated. And then that's about it. And then we move on. <laughs> Brentley, well, see how Rose said, after we do it, then after. we'll, ha, 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 we beat someone else. So we'll see. Well, we'll see. I mean, I think you guys are going to have your work cut out for your next week without you and, and, and Rachel and stuff. But uh, I think people forget that there's still going to be two All-Americans in that lineup next week with, I think Aline's still playing and Angelina's going to still be playing in the lineup for Pac-12 preview uh, if I'm, if I'm right or not. But um, obviously this team is, is so good at golf, eight, nine deep. Um, but I'm, I'm always curious what teams, like how they bond, like what, what do you guys enjoy doing together off the golf course? I know there's several other teams that may enjoy playing poker or going to, you know, out to eat to cool places or watching Netflix shows or anything like that. What's this team's favorite thing to do together? Um, For us, uh, we definitely do bond over food. (laughs) We like biking to University Drive. 
um, and we go uh, get some good food. And in addition, we also always um, practice together at Siebel. Uh, and in the area that we're in, we're able to um, do homework or just be able to chat and chill a little bit. Um, so it's just anywhere we go, we enjoy each other's company. Um, but we also, I feel like, oh, this previous weekend, actually, uh, we celebrated Rachel's birthday and Jake's birthday from the men's team. Uh, and everyone was just bonding really well together. So uh, we just enjoy the little moments and um, we don't really have anything too much that we do, but uh, we would um, once in a while go out to eat and maybe on the golf course we would play um, some golf, have friendly matches, et cetera. <laughs> now, now does Rachel have like a an easel set up like at the team facility for her painting and drawing and stuff? Does she have a little art room that she goes into and disappears for a couple hours or? Uh, no, but okay, that's, that's um... phase two. I'll have to talk to Ann and Conrad about, about that. Yes. She is absolutely amazing in art. <laughs> now th- this is a question you've probably got a ton and I'm sure Burko, you, you may have had this on your list as well, but is there, is there a potential that we see you in college for four years and getting your degree and, uh, you know, walking at graduation and then starting to beat up on people in the pros after that? Um, as I mentioned before, I actually have no plan whatsoever. Um, even when I was in high school, going into college, um, I had no idea what I was going to do. And I still don't. <laughs> so um, I, had to ask. I just had to. Yes, it's definitely a possibility. Um, but I'm just I'm open doors like I have no clue. <laughs> have you talked to uh, Michelle Lee at all? Because she obviously didn't play at Stanford, but she went to school, got got her degree there. Um, obviously, has had tons of success on the LPGA. Do you have Michelle as kind of a resource or a role model or any other professionals that you really lean on for advice? Yes, I definitely follow her. Um, and I know a little bit of her background, but I haven't been in direct contact with her. Um, there just hasn't been a moment where we cross paths um, on tour or like in real life. So um, I have yet to talk to her, but uh, she's definitely very inspirational. And um, what else? I feel like there's a lot of other pros um, who they just graduated from Stanford, like Alban Valenzuela and Andrea Lee. Uh, and they have put insights um, and helped guide me uh, when I'm transitioning into college. So they definitely have helped quite a bit um, in terms of what major I wanted to uh, consider or um, what I should look out for in college. So um, they've definitely been very helpful. Let me circle back for clarity. Do you want to be a professional golfer when your days at Stanford are done? Yes. Okay. Oh, <laughs> it I, is I, the I, plan. I, that, that's what I thought the plan was. It is the goal. When I asked you that question, I was like, okay, when do you, and I'm not asking you for a specific time, but mm-hmm. what are you looking for? this month, next year, two years from now, when will you know you're ready? What are some of the signs that you would look for to say, okay, I've done everything I can do? 
Um, that's a good question. I would say I would probably have to, you know, mature more as a person. I want to gain more perspectives on um, life in general and the world around me. Uh, and I feel like I'll definitely be able to do that with the people here at Stanford. Uh, so just being able to have more social connections and um, meet new people is um, a definite goal. Um, and I've been you know, blessed to be in this university. So I will make sure to take all the resources that I can um, and apply them to my own life. And um, after that, I'm just thinking if I um, plan to work a little more on my golf game, there's, we have a great practice facility, a great golf course. I'm definitely going to be able to reach new heights in my game. So um, when that happens, I don't know when, um, I think I know I will be ready. If not golf, if a professional career on the LPGA Tour was simply not an option, what would you do for a living? Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Mm, I would I would say I would like to go into the business aspects of um, sports in general. I don't know what I want to do, um, but I'm trying to figure out uh, figure that out right now uh, but <laughs> I feel like golf has been such a big part of my life that there's no way I can imagine um, that I'm not going to be a part of it um, regardless if I'm in the you know the golf business or if I'm on tour so uh, if I didn't play golf I would probably play another sport <laughs> like what what sport Water polo, polo. I um I used to play a little bit of tennis um okay. when I was younger, and my dad said I was actually really good at diving. Um, not sure why. <laughs> I, wait, have you ever dove before? <laughs> I have dive. Yeah, I have okay. dove. Um, but it's just for fun. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not too sure if um that's accurate, but. <laughs> It was fun. Would you be scared to to dive like in, off the high dive like at the Olympics? Would that be? Y yes. Uh, oh, you were asking Rose because yeah. I would be petrified <laughs> to go on the 10 meter board. I would not because um, I'm not really too scared of heights, uh, which is good. But I feel like I was the rowdy um, tomboy child that liked to do anything I wanted. and anything that was dangerous I would do so um, <laughs> it was definitely I would definitely uh, consider it <laughs> just what's, for fun even now I would probably want to go try <laughs> what's that said what's the most dangerous thing you've done growing up um 
it's not exactly the most dangerous, but when I was around four, my dad would take me to the swing set and I would swing past parallel. He would push me past parallel and then um, he would push me past parallel. And then on a count of three, I would jump <laughs> and I would jump out. It's a sand pit, so it's moderately safe. But um... <laughs> I used to do that, but it was mulch. We used to land in mulch. So when you would yes. land with your hands, sometimes you would get like splinters in your, but that, but that, you know, I was, I was born in 1990. So they've kind of learned by the time, you know, you were born, Rose. Yeah. I would jump around like 10 meters and I would try to break my record every night. So uh, that was very enjoyable. <laughs> We've got a couple minutes left before we know you need to get to class. It's the end of October. What's the best Halloween costume you went trick-or-treating during your years of gallivanting around the neighborhood grabbing candy? Oh, I would say I dressed up as a witch um, when I was, like, in elementary school, middle school. So, um that was, it was a very generic costume, but it was effective. <laughs> What's your favorite candy? That's more important. Ooh. Mm, I like Almond Joys mm. and I like Twix. Anything chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> and um, oh, for Rocher is like good too. So. Those are expensive though. You know, th those True, are... you don't get it. Um, at Halloween, but it's a good treat to have. <laughs> when do you stop trick-or-treating? When is too old for kids to be going knocking on door-to-door? -door? When did you stop? Well... She's going I, Sunday. It's honestly <laughs> never too old. I mean, we've had... We got a trick-or-treat um, kind of activity going on yesterday in the dorm um, where we went to different RA's rooms to get candy. But um, I would say eh, never a too old time. You can always grab some candy. From Burko's going trick-or-treating. Yeah, yes. Burko's going trick-or-treating. He's dressing up as Bowser for Mario. So Only because oh. my boys oh. are going to be Mario and Luigi. I got two boys, a six and almost eight-year-old. So you got to play the role, right? Yes. <laughs> Rose, we could keep you all day. We got to keep you eligible. We don't want Coach Walker chasing us down, saying, "Why isn't Rose going to class?" Uh, always appreciate spending the time. Congratulations on a sensational fall season. I'll see you next week at the Spirit, and continued success, my friend. Thank you so much, Rose Zhang, Stanford freshman, top-ranked amateur in the world, joining us this week on College Golf Talk. She's the complete package, Brentley. Heck of a golfer, heck of a young lady, well-spoken, humorous, and we learned that she's got a dangerous side to her, especially growing up. Uh, I think that's what makes this kind of cool, when you can spend 20, 25 minutes with someone that talented. We could have gone another hour. Oh, yeah. We'll have, to have her, we'll have to have her on again, yeah. like in the spring or something. But it's interesting. The goat of amateur golf likes the goat of candy bars. Almond Joys are... Is it the goat or is it a strong under the radar play? I think well, you know the. What's majority... your favorite candy? Red vines or are you a red vines guy? No, no, you got to go Twizzlers. Red vines are trash. They're no good. It's funny if you offered me the chocolate flavors, 
like Rose. Don't get me wrong. I've got a sweet tooth. But I would go more to the sour, the sweet tarts, the licorice. If you told me it was all chocolate or lemon heads, love lemon heads. Get the big lemon heads. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's that's how I roll. Lemon heads. Oh. Yeah. What's the worst candy, you think? I'm not going to lie. I don't like those Almond Joys. You don't like Almond Joys? All right. Here's the worst candy. candy worst corn. candy. Candy oh, corn. Oh, gosh. No, absolutely not. You <laughs> candy and who, corn is so who bad. Is it? My, my, Mike Leach went on his rampage talking about candy corn. Oh, uh, yeah. I saw that. It's. I, I think they made candy corn like 100 years ago, and they made a, a ton of it. And they haven't made any sense, and you, they, they just keep going to the well. And can they let me know where that is? <laughs> um, we digress. We get back to more important topics again. Thanks to Rosang East Lake. We were there a heck of a three days. Probably the best weather we've had there uh, in all seven years, uh, day in day out. Let's start with the women. Oklahoma State gets the job done. We've talked about Stanford, and rightly so, led by Rosang. The Cowgirls have simply played four events, and they have won all four tournaments. Keep an eye on Greg Robertson's squad. Remember, they made it to the national championship a year ago, and you lose Maya Stark. You don't replace her, although Kaylee McGinty, the transfer from Kent State, didn't have her best stuff. They are very, very good, and I probably will put them at a strong two Still separation between one and two, but I'm going to say almost equal separation between two and everyone else. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree with you. And actually talking with Greg yesterday after their win, he, he still considers Stanford number one, you know, because as far as him and everyone else is concerned, when you have that type of talent on the team, not that his team is not talented, but, you know, Stanford's just at a little bit different level right now. And, and until those two teams play, um, I think you have to give the edge to Stanford. But I think it's interesting. I like going on Golf Week Sagarin rankings and looking at the strength of schedule. Um, and everyone kind of has made a big deal about the fact that Oklahoma State hasn't really played anybody. And they've actually played the 42nd toughest schedule. So to compare, South Carolina's played the toughest. Um, they're at five. Arkansas's three. They put the 11th toughest. Stanford, obviously, number one. They put the 27th toughest. So the competition, yeah, hasn't quite been there, but heck, I mean, it's it's hard to go to Eastlake and play that 18-hole sprint and then get up for two matches against two of the top teams in the country. And I was a bit concerned when I found out that Maya Stark was not coming back, kind of doing preseason research and things like that. I initially probably would have had them second or third, um, dropped them all the way down to seventh. Um, but that was before Madison Hinton Tolchard went on her run during the summer, late in the summer. She's played well. Uh, Rena uh, Tatamatsu, um, she had a great spring last year. Um, was really, I thought, the best or the second best freshman at Oklahoma State um, overall. You know, just behind Cade, Cade Cunningham, the uh, basketball <laughs> player. But um, I, I'm sure I'm missing, some, you know, some. But uh, you know, I, I like to be a little hyperbolic every now and then. But, um, yeah, solid team. Uh, Isabella Fierro, as long as she can continue to stay healthy, she played excellent in that match yesterday. Um, I think she won like six and five or something like that. Seven, so, seven and six. In both the and semis six. and the finals, she was four up through five holes in both her matches. 
yeah, that's that's incredible. And and she has that type of game. I mean, she's yeah. she's an all American. And heck, we haven't even talked about Kaylin McGinty, who Greg Robertson actually recruited twice. Uh, once at Kent State, she was the the MAC freshman of the year, and then has won twice already. I think she's won a. Uh, she might be second or third individually right now, ranked in in, in golf stats. So very very loaded. Yeah, very good. Be curious to see throughout the spring, you know, how they continue to perform. On the flip side, Old Miss women, defending national champs, defending East Lake champs, played poorly. Julia Johnson is struggling. Smilla Sonderby left the team. They had a come-to-Jesus meeting a couple weeks ago with uh, Coach uh, Henkis and Bird. And, yeah, I'm looking at what you sent me. Concerns, question mark? I would be. Yeah, and if no. Julia Johnson, and again, let's just assume it's a small little peak and valley situation. I mean, she won the Annika six weeks ago. Uh, if she continues to struggle, yeah, there, there are, in my opinion, big time concerns if I'm the coach of that squad. Yeah, I'm. It's it's tough, right? I mean, you achieve arguably the the greatest moment in your program's history. Uh, by winning the national championship. And then a few months later, things aren't always as easy as it seemed back then. Uh, I think losing Kennedy Swan was, was huge, you know, was huge in a bad way for them because she was kind of the glue, the personality that kept this team together. And being around that team this week, you just didn't feel like, you know, you felt like something was off. It was interesting hearing Rose talk about how there's no drama at Stanford. Um, you know, I, I can't help but look at some of these great teams in the past, even as recently as last year, not to name any teams, but I think you know what I'm talking about, Berka, where there were some teams that when they got to Greyhawk, they weren't themselves. Something was up, and you just can't have that. And this fall, it, it, it sounds like, you know, if a coach needs to have a come-to-Jesus moment, that means there's some serious stuff going on. And sophomore Smilla Sonderby decides that, College golf isn't for her. She leaves the team. Um, and, you know, I, I, I will share this little story. You know, we're, we're sitting there in that banquet room um, after the Eastlake Cup, kind of waiting for the, you know, everyone to congratulate everyone and golf channels on. And our colleague Ryan Lavner is talking about Ole Miss and how they might not just struggle to successfully defend their national title, but they might struggle to get back to Greyhound. And all of those players were watching Lavner talk and nothing he said was wrong. And they're watching that. And as soon as he's done, they look at each other. And so hopefully, I mean, not to give us too much credit um, for fueling, you know, the bulletin board material, although Oklahoma, the hashtag 14, um, I, I, I think they need a little uh, new joke, but um but yeah, I mean, not to give us too much credit, but hopefully that for Ole Miss's sake could maybe be that last thing they need to wake up because they can't continue down the path that they're going. They, they are getting a little bit better from where they were earlier in the fall. But Julia Johnson, being that fifth-year senior, the onus is on her. I mean, it's not on the coaches. It's on her. Like, she needs to be the leader and – I mean, is she being that? I don't know. I'm not in that team room, but that's the player that's going to get them to where they need to be. Now, I agree. And, you know, you don't want to be 
too tough on them, too hard. They're they're young ladies or, or young men, but I echo Lavner's sentiments. I didn't even know he said that. And I was literally about to say, forget about defending. They better hope to actually get back there to have a chance. They'll have the spring to do that. On the men's side, Bedlam, Oklahoma, Ryan Hibble. Man, we got a lot of good coaches in the country. He could be at the top because I thought, like you, you lose reband, you lose Cummins. There was going to be a drop-off. They haven't dropped off. I've been all in on Chris Goddard. He continues. I think he's one of the five, six best players in college golf. The transfer from Rutgers um, to take down Oklahoma State. to They're in every tournament. Every week, every time they tee it up, they seemingly have a chance to win. And you know what? That's a coach that knows how to hit the right buttons. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Yeah, as the fall has gone on, you know, it, yeah, it was it was fun and it was it was cute when they won or, you know, where they were second the first time and then they won and all this stuff. And it's like, all right, well, you know, show me a little bit more. Well, this was kind of that final push that I needed to really consider them as the new team to beat. I mean, they not that they were looking for revenge on Pepperdine from a few months ago at Greyhawk, but they got their revenge on Pepperdine. Actually, interesting. I didn't know this. Maybe you did, Burko, but Chris Goddard, his transfer decision came down between Oklahoma and Pepperdine. I mean, could you imagine how different Oklahoma would be without Goddard this year? Actually knew that the day of the championship match in Greyhawk, let's just say the birdies were telling me uh, from both of those finalists that possibilities might have uh, been coming their way. So, yeah, isn't it amazing how that one decision, both of them would have taken them. Oklahoma, in my opinion, would have needed Needed. them a lot more than where Pepperdine uh, is right now. So kudos to the Sooners and heck of a week as a whole in the state of Georgia, Pepperdine winning at the golf club of Georgia, what was it, 42 under, Highsmith shoots 19 under, and then maybe got a little tired. We mentioned it on the broadcast, Paige McKenzie and myself, of they're young, we don't make excuses, but it does catch up with you. Six, seven, eight straight days of playing golf. Uh, that being said, you mentioned the waves a few weeks ago, and I was maybe uncertain. Um, they don't have the depth. But I'll be darned, they've got five really good players. And if William Mao can become a little more consistent, I think he's the wild card, to be quite honest. If he can get anywhere near how he played as a freshman, and I'm not beating up on him, love William Mao, I think he's the missing ingredient for them to legitimately have a great chance to defend. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with you about William Mao being being the question and I'll actually go a step for, further you know I, I I like William too but these last couple years I mean again show show me more like he's got to be the player that he was as a freshman because right now yeah, he's playing fine and I think he was an honorable mention all-american last year but when you're William Mao you you have to be a stud and and he hasn't 
spin that in a little bit. I mean, if you look at their lineup now, yeah, it's, it's not deep, but I, I wouldn't even consider William Mao maybe the fourth best player out of that five right now. He like, he might be the fifth best player on that team. And if he ever listens to this, like, you know, like the, the talents there, the potential is there to be the best, but so I don't know what he's got to do to get back on the level. But uh, I mean, I guess that's for him, him to decide, but, uh, but yeah, it's going to be interesting too, because last year it was almost, you had so many horses in Malibu that you could just roll the balls out and qualifying and have them go battle it out. Maybe you have one or two exemptions from the previous tournament, but now it's like, those are the five you got. I mean, and Maspat, the freshman was there getting experience at Eastlake, but I don't think we're going to see him this year at all. So the five are it. So they, they better make sure that this break, they do all the right things in terms of getting better, uh, making sure their equipment's still in check. If they need to do any kind of, not major swing change, but minor swing change. They have a couple months to do it, but they got to make sure that they're ready because they really can't afford to, to have, you know, one or two guys show up at Greyhawk. Like we saw Oklahoma last year with, with Welch struggling with rebound struggling. Um, they, they just can't afford that because there's no one there waiting in the wings. No, and Pepperdine's got a big boy schedule. So there's no layups, uh, especially in the spring, uh, wrapping things up real quickly, Williams Cup in North Carolina, Tar Heels win, Trent Phillips of Georgia win, Tar Heels sort of the team I've got my eye on. Maybe they're a year away, but there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle uh, in Chapel Hill right now. The Alley uh, SEC flavor, Alabama sweeps, and, you know, Polly Mack played well, but maybe played her last event as she's one of seven heading to the final stage of the Q Series. Yeah, and, and arguably she may be the fifth or sixth biggest name in, in terms of the collegians in that Q series field in a month or so. Uh, Duke's Gina Kim, who was at Eastlake watching her teammates after getting through second stage. Karen Fridgard from from Houston, the host sisters from from Arizona. I mean, that's that's going to be the team that could take the biggest hit because Laura Ionello's squad is so young outside of money chang and the host sisters that there might be a lot of growing pains if they both end up making it through and decide not to defer or decide to turn pro early um but again i i I know that we've talked about it a lot and i think that we may have even talked about it on the last pod with ben but there needs to be an lpj toward you yeah you didn't even mention brooke matthews as well from arkansas if it's not rose zang brooke matthews has had the best fall in my opinion and it was funny i jumped on conrad ray's show monday night on um, his weekly program and i've had multiple women's coaches text me saying because i go on my soapbox uh, it's awful they've got to come up with something and they said let's hope the new commissioner listens um because you hate to see it each and every year um, speaking of PGA Tour, you, their rankings, the Velocity Global ranking, they're out. Not a ton of movement. High Smith goes from 13 to 10 with his win uh, just outside of downtown Atlanta. I think Chikar and Fitzpatrick flip-flop four and five, and Mankey continues, RJ Mankey, that is, to move up. He is sixth uh, in those rankings. Uh, USGA sort of finalized and formalized all that they've been working on. Uh, it's real clear-cut. If you're an amateur, if you're not, it's simple. I think they want to stay out of the NIL business. The landscape is changing, and it's 
it's good. People basically people can now go out and get money, whether it's to represent, to pay fees for travel. Uh, and I think you can potentially grow the game in this way. Yeah. And it's would be naive of us to think that this kind of stuff wasn't already happening or isn't already happening. It's just under the table. And back in February, I think the USGA's Craig Winter said it best. It's better when everything's out in the open and you know what all is going on. And talking to some coaches at Eastlake, I think this takes a little bit of worry off of them because they don't have to worry about, all right, what is this guy doing? What is this guy doing? They're, they're going to know. I mean, state-wise, state-to-state, some coaches may not be allowed to facilitate or be involved at all, but at least they're everything's going to be out in the open and um, the players who really need the funding – can get it without having to worry about anything. You know, if there's a Lucy Lee, who's perhaps less financially uh, fortunate and has an Apple watch um, opportunity to do a commercial and make some money that way, they'll be able to. The The yeah. only thing that we need to look at going forward is getting the NCAA more on board in terms of consistency and how the rules are applied. Because as we've talked about different states have different rules. Some states have no rules, which the NCAA temporary policy then dictates that a program in that state that doesn't have any legislation can make up their own rules. And so that just doesn't, you know, that doesn't bode well for a level playing field. So I think that's kind of the next step to maybe get the Supreme court involved to have some kind of federal legislation that mirrors what, you know, the USGA did. I know golf doesn't really apply much to basketball and stuff like that, but I mean, it's basically no pay for play or play for pay and, uh, or vice versa, I guess. Both yeah. Pay for but, play. But, I know. It's <laughs> I always, but, I always get that mixed up. It's like, but, but, we're, for- but, but we're close. We're close. And that was one of the things I said to yeah. Conrad and others, there were so many times in the past, well, you're USGA amateur eligible, but you've broken NCA rules or vice versa. And finally, we're now getting uh, a little closer. And, you know, you're, you're talking about Supreme court. I mean, you're, you know, I, I do have Sandra Dale they- Connor's number in my cell phone. I mean, oh man, that's a, that's a humble brag. Well, I, I was going to ask you, Burko, if, if you could be sponsored, if you're a college athlete and you could be sponsored by one company, who would it be? Oof, great question. Who could it be? Wow. Wow, 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 wow. I, well, no one wants to sponsor me. Uh, and I'm going to circumvent it because you've caught me off guard uh, talking to coaches at Eastlake like you did. Nothing's happening. Yeah. And as some told me, it's going to be better for a smaller town college, if you will, like we saw at the amateur where the three Oklahoma State Cowboys had the local Cadillac dealer logo. No big splashes have been made by club equipment companies. And the not the downside to this, the reality is, I think, I know I said it, I think you did, you, these kids think they're worth more than they really are. I think now we're finding out a couple months in, you're not that valuable. And I don't mean that to sound like a jerk, but people aren't just going to give you money because you think you're good. Yeah, there'll they'll be one or two players every four or five years who come along who might warrant something. And then you may have some sort of uh, trickle down or domino effect with 
a couple other companies trying to get their guy um, or, you know, who's ever left. But yeah, you're, you're right. We've, we've seen some smaller um, social media stuff on the women's side. Uh, Rachel Heck obviously signed with uh, XL Sports to kind of help her navigate this process and stuff. So with her, there's probably something there just because she does have such a great personality and she does have all these interests, whether it's the air force or painting or things like that. And she's great at golf too. So, um, but you're right. It's, there's not a lot of money like the Libby Dunn's or Bryce Young's of the world in, in golf, at least right now. Um, but real quick, the company that I hope would sponsor me, Uncrustables. Wow. Could you imagine having a fridge and freezer full of Uncrustables in college? Uncrustables. You're right. Now, now I, I guess I was thinking now as a guy in my 40s, as opposed to somebody in college. Um, Maybe like a nice wine or something. Nice wine. Company. Yeah, I know. Can you go that way? If I was 21, can I get a nice vineyard That's true. in California? That's true. That's yeah. part of the rules in most of the states. I was just saying, be... yeah, there are very few, but gambling, like firearms, alcohol, all that. Uh, I'll think of something next time for you. And, you know, I'm sorry with the O'Connor reference, but I remember I had the chance to talk with the chief justice. Is that what you call a Supreme Court justice at some point? Well, chief justice would be like like John Roberts. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I should know my Supreme Court history. I don't I, know if Sandra Day O'Connor was ever the chief justice. She was just one of the justices. Yeah. Justices. I, I justices. spoke with her once. So it was nice. That's awesome. I met. Yeah, on that note, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, our thanks to Rose Zhang. Absolute treat spending some time with her. We will be back next week. We always appreciate you joining us on College Golf Talk. For Brentley, I'm Burka. We'll see you next time. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.